You're listening to the weekly podcast of Citizens Church with Pastor Chris Norman. For more information on the work that God is doing through Citizens Church, please visit us online at citizenschurch.org. Amen. Hey, a uh, question for you. Here's where we're going this morning is, how do you view God? Like, how, how do you see God? When you think about God, what do you think about? What you think about when you think about God is actually one of the most important things about a per- person. You know, A.W. Tozer said that, that our view of God is, is, the, is the most important thing about a man. Why? Because it's, your view on God is going to shape the way you move through life. It's going to shape the, whether or not you're going to have, have faith or not. And, and here's, here's what I would propose to you. As I think a lot of people don't have the right relationship with God or the relationship with God they should have because they don't have the view of God they should have, right? Like you don't, you don't see God as he is and so you, you can't truly have the relationship with him that he wants you to have. Your, your, your view's distorted, therefore your relationship is distorted. You, you following me so far? Let me give you some examples. Like there's some of you in here today, like when you think about God, you just picture a, like an angry disciplinary, Right? Matter of fact, you, you had a hard time showing up to church today because you grew up your whole life. You grew up like me. You, you grew up your whole life thinking that church is where you go and they're going to let you have it. Right? Like, they're going to let you have it. They're going to try to straighten you out so you walk a little straighter next week. You try, but you're probably going to mess up. When you come back next week, we're going we're gonna to straighten you all out again. And you picture God as just the disciplinary in heaven. Maybe you picture God like God's got up in heaven. He's got like this, his, this divine jaw and he gets out a wooden spoon. Now, come on, how many of you grew up, I need, I, need no, no, I need to know who I'm talking to. How many of you grew up and you had a little, had a little spanking happening in your house? And I know this isn't popular, I just wanna see it. Come on, let's just admit it, confess it, confess it. See, there's a whole group. You turned out okay, you turned out okay. I grew up in a home that believed there was such a thing as the divine spank spot. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? Like there's that divine, this is the spank spot. And I grew up in a home that, that gave, out, gave out spankings. And... Um, my mom and dad's spankings were one thing, but can I tell you who gave the spankings that you don't want to get? It was grandma, everybody, my sweet grandma. And when you got in trouble at grandma's house, here's what would happen. I know you're going to judge my grandma, but we all turned out okay. My mom and dad, my, my dad, because it was my dad's mom, my, my dad's doing okay. But this is what we grew up, what we grew up with is she would say, you're in trouble. She'd lean over and she'd say, go pick a switch. <laughs> yeah. You know what that meant. Now. Okay. She had a weeping willow tree in the backyard. And there was a whole art form to picking a switch, everybody. Because if you pick one of them noodly ones, that hurts. They, they, they got the little, you could shake, that kind of a thing. You'd want to find one that just like brittle. Like if you hit, you got to break. I want it to break, right? And so you, you do all you can to pick the right switch. And then you go to grandma. And this is how the exchange would happen. It was, there was an art form too, picking out the switch and handing the switch to grandma. Because what you had to do is you would hand the switch over to grandma. And as soon as she grabbed that thing, you would bolt. You were like... Goodbye, right? And you're running as she's now chasing you. And here's what would happen is grandma would eventually catch me as she's chasing me all over the house. It's a true story. She's like, she'd grab a hold of me. I would keep running. So I'm running and she's got the switch and she's, she's like this and, and she's like, listen, some of you grew up thinking that God is just a big disciplinary in heaven. And because you view him that way, you've been running from him your whole life. Like I can't let God catch me. But what Easter tells us, what Easter reminds us, friends, is that God is not here 
waiting to punish you, but to love on you. Matter of fact, Friday, Good Friday that we just celebrated, is all about the fact that Jesus took upon himself the punishment that you actually deserve. Why? So that God could just love on you. And some of you need to know that today. God is not the disciplinary in heaven. Some of, some of you grew up picturing God as like the, the, the rule giver in heaven. And so you've grown up your whole life thinking that there was nothing to this Christianity thing or this walk with God thing other than a bunch of rules and regulations you need to follow. And you're thinking to yourself, I don't really like rules and regulations. I'm one of the people that says, don't touch the grass, I'm gonna touch the grass, right? You say, don't dry paint, I got, I'm gonna check it, right? I'm gonna check it. And what you need to understand today, some of you who think, you know, rules are so constricting and they, they rob me of freedom. I, listen, Easter weekend is here to tell you that it's not about rules to follow, but more about power to live. Did you hear me? God is not saying, here's the rules, here's all the rules to go follow. He's showing up going, I just want, I just want to give you power to live. I want to give you power to experience the life that you're deep down longing to have. God says, would you just let me give you the power to live the life that you know you want to live? That's what Easter weekend's all about. See, some of you think, and if I haven't hit you yet, I'm going to find you right here. Some of you think that God in heaven, all, all, all God wants is just a bunch, he just wants a bunch of stuff from me. God just wants, he wants my money. Come on. God, God wants my time. God wants my weekends. Now, the last couple of weekends, I could have given to God because it was raining. There's nowhere to go. It's kind of miserable. It's like we were living in the middle of like, who knows where. Are we in Montana today? Come on. So you, you picture God is just always wanting a bunch of stuff from me. But friends, I want you to understand that Easter this weekend declares to you and I that it's less about what he wants from you and more about what he wants for you. And what he wants for you is life and life more abundantly. Come on, somebody. Amen. God wants to give you life. So I got one point in this morning's message. And, and here it is if you're taking notes. Come on. One point. One point. Ready? Here it is. You ready? There's more for you. Look at me here, buddy. There's more for you. I don't know where you find yourself today or what you're in the middle of today or what you're walking through today, but I just need you to hear Easter declaring to you, there's more. There's more than what you settled for. There's, 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 there's more than what you've given into. There, there's more than, than what's weighing on you and, and wearing you out. There's more for you. Yeah, let me explain. Often when we get to Easter, we think that we're looking back and celebrating the resurrection of Jesus then and there. And it is true. We look back and we go, thank you, God, that the, you have the power to conquer the grave. And we look back at it Easter then and there. And we celebrate the fact that Jesus rose again in that moment. But you need to understand this. The resurrection power of Jesus, the celebration of him rising again from the grave, defeating death, is not meant to be just celebrated for that moment. The reason that we celebrate that moment is because it impacts everything about this moment. You see, the resurrection, in the resurrection, Jesus beat death so you could too. Are you hearing me, friends? You're not supposed to just celebrate the resurrection. 
You're, you're, meant to, you're meant to experience a resurrection within your own life. You're, you're meant to experience dead and dying and decaying things in your life actually coming to life again. That's why Jesus died, was buried, and rose again so that he could give you life. Listen, you, you thought that this was all about, Christianity's all about God making bad people good. But you need to understand that this is not about God making bad people good. This is about God making dead people alive. Like he wants to give you life, life. So again, some of you celebrate resurrection, looking back, good job, Jesus. Others of you go, hey, all right, now that means that when when I've given my life to Jesus, I'm gonna be able to make it into heaven because he rose, I will rise again someday and I got heaven to look forward to. And that is true. Anyone grateful we got some heaven to look forward to? He will wipe every tear from every eye of there be no more pain or sickness or death any longer. Thank you God for heaven. But the problem is so many of us think that we're living between that resurrection of Jesus and that resurrection when I breathe my last and then breathe my first in heaven. But the reality is, is that between those two resurrections, resurrections is the one waiting for you right now in every aspect of your life. You see, friends, Jesus beat the grave so that you could too. Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says this, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life. What's it say? Give what? Life to your mortal bodies, to the dead places inside your life, to the mortal and dying things inside of you. Because of the spirit who lives in you. See, when you give your life to Jesus, God, by his spirit, goes to work inside of you, bringing life, like it says right there, by his spirit to every single place the spirit touches. The spirit brings, someone say, life, life. Someone say, life. life. So, so here's my question. You have a God who says, I want to take the things in your life that are getting worse and just make them better. Like you, C.S. Lewis said that, that Easter is death working in reverse. In other words, the, the death you were walking in harmony with, all of a sudden you, you make an about face and you walk toward life. And life more abundantly, the scripture says. In other words, a life that keeps producing more life. Even death doesn't stop life. Death enters you into even more life and you don't stop moving from life to life, glory to glory, the Bible says, you see. And that's available to all of us. And so here's what I wanna ask you is where in your life do you need to see a resurrection? It's easy to find. Look for the dead and dying and decaying places inside of your life. Like look at the places where you go, this isn't, what it should be. And I want you to understand that the resurrection of of Jesus comes to to give you the life that you deep down know that you could be living. And so where's the decay? Maybe for some of you it's relational. So it's, it's, in, it's in the marriage, and, and you're looking, going, there's no way. There's, there's, no, there's no way. This is, we've grown too far apart. This is too, too broken. Just, but I need you to understand, you've, you've got a resurrected Savior who comes alongside you and says, if you let me, if you let, I could bring life even to that. Some of you, it's, 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 uh, you have wayward children, and, and, and there's, there's brokenness and, and, and 
and pain and, and sorrow when it comes to just your relationship with your kids. Maybe, maybe they're wayward. And I, I want you to know you've got a, a risen Savior who could even bring life to, to those relationships. Some of you, it's like, like siblings. Like, you, we, we've walked through enough in the last couple of years like with, with COVID, mask, no mask, politically, this thing, that thing. I mean, to, to divide, some of you, I'm speaking to you, you don't even talk to siblings anymore because there's been so much division and there's, there's just this animosity. Maybe there's, maybe there's even there's grudges held in your family. I wanna tell you something. That's a decaying place in your life. And God says, I wanna give you life even there. I can restore those things if you let me. I can bring life to every dead, dying, decaying place within you. Some of you, some of you are in here today and you're, you're area of decay, I mean, you're struggling with loneliness. Like relationally, you don't feel connected. You know that we are the most connected and least connected generation of all time? Somewhere between 45 and 50% of all Americans admit to wrestling with loneliness. That means in this room right now, half of us filled inside of a room with a room filled wall-to-wall people still feel No one gets me. No one really knows me. No one's really walking with me. I don't got anyone I can lean on. And I want to tell you this. The resurrection of Jesus wants to invite you into a place where you can experience relationships at their best, where you you could have community in the way that only God can bring. And it's all waiting for you in the resurrection of Jesus. He can heal every single one of those places. Where is there decay in your life? For some of you, it's emotional. Your, your joy is decaying. Some of you, it's, it's, you're, you're wrestling with bouts of depression, thoughts of suicide, and, and you find yourself every day just trying to make it through another day. And I want you to understand the resurrection of Jesus can give life to every single part of your life. And here's what happens is that If you don't turn to Jesus, you're going to end up trying to resuscitate those areas of your life because, you know, they need resuscitation. Marriage needs resuscitation. These relationships, you know, this emptiness, this brokenness in me needs resuscitation. And here's what you're going to do. This is our society right now. We're broken on the inside. We're hurting and death is at work inside of us. And we turn to the very world that dished us out the death to try to find life in things that were never actually meant to give us life. Are you following me? Here's what you do is you go, maybe maybe you'll resuscitate me. And we take our marriage to some place that's never actually meant to give life. And there's nothing wrong with going out and and getting advice. And and maybe, listen, you could even get your marriage to a a good place. but, But God has more for you than good. He has great. God has far beyond what this world can offer you. And so here's what you're going to do is you're going to go, will you resuscitate me? Will you resuscitate me? The hurt inside, the lonely, maybe you'll resuscitate. And and we run around and here's what you're going to do. You're going to go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing, trying to find resuscitation only to realize that nothing's actually resuscitating you. That you're still hurt. And so here's what happens. And here's where a lot of people go to. Some of you may be in this place is that now instead of trying to resuscitate, you've given up on it. And so now instead of resuscitating, you're you're medicating. And that's what happens. It's legitimately what happens in us. Is I realize nothing is ever gonna give me the life I'm longing for. And so I just, I I gotta find something gonna numb me and get me through another day. I just, I gotta medicate it. And everyone has their own thing they turn to to find 
something to numb the pain. Everyone thinks, oh, you know, it's, it's binge, binge drinking. Come on, I could be binge watching, everybody. And a little Netflix. Come on, like I got, um, I got to just, just, just numb. I need to silence all of it. But friends, I want you to understand this. Honestly, God's got more for you than a medicated life. He's got a resurrected life. Life and life more abundantly. It's offered to every single one of us. Now listen, let me be honest with you. I'm not, I'm not saying that give your life to Jesus and everything gets perfect. You go skipping through the daisies. Let's buy the world of Coke and everything's just, <laughs> right? I mean, we're gonna walk through stuff. I mean, listen to what it says over in the book of Romans chapter eight, verse 35 and 37. Paul the apostle speaking. He says, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship? persecution or famine or nakedness or sword. Matter of fact, Paul's giving that list because he's experienced all those things. He goes on to say this, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. Listen, listen, death is at work all around me, he says. I'm facing death all day long. We are considered as sheep. It looks like we're sheep being led to the slaughter. Like if you look at my life in the context of everything that's going on around, around my life, that's the Red Bull and the if you look at my life in the context of everything that's going around my life, you look and go, he's a sheep led for the slaughter. There's no way they're going to make it out alive. But he says, no, in all these things, I want you to know something. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen? So he's saying, come hell or high water, no matter what kind of death is working around me or what situation is working around me, I got a resurrection life all up inside of me that can stand against any death that is working against me. Is that a good spot to say amen, church? Amen. And you, friends, listen, you can have it too. It's available because he makes himself available to every single one of us. God and God alone can give you the life and life more abundantly that you are craving deep down in your soul. What have you been turning to? What have you been medicating with? I'm telling you, it's time to stop living a medicated, numb, walking through the motions life and live the resurrected life that Jesus died to give you. So what's the catch? What's it take? There's more for you, and here it is, listen. He's just waiting for you. He, he's waiting for you. you. You know the word that we use when someone gives their life to, to Jesus? It's the word repent. It means literally you just turn around. I was turning to all these things, and now I decided that's not a good idea anymore, and I'm just gonna turn around, and I'm gonna give my life to him. It's a simple word, it's, it's believe. That you would place, let me help you, come as simple as we can make this, your faith in Jesus. To all those who believe on him, to them he gave the power to be called the children of God, to be made new. To all those who believe, faith, here's what it means, is that, is that you're just going to lean into God. You're just going to trust him. And some of you have never done that. But I'm telling you, on the other side of you leaning into God is him bringing life. And I could bring up story after story of everyone who's experienced that life, but can I just share with you one of those stories? If you turn your attention to the screen. 
I did not grow up in a Christian home, but around 12 years old, uh, my parents actually got saved. Got to see my mom and dad just be transformed, um, which was amazing. But at the time, you know, I thought I was young and cool. And I kind of at the time thought Christianity was just about following rules, just rules and regulations. And at the time, I didn't want anything to do with that. I got saved at 17 years old. Uh, prior to that, I was involved with gangs. Um, my brother was a gang member. Um, my dad was into it. Uh, growing up, my dad was in and out of jail. My dad was very, very abusive, very, very angry all the time. I saw a lot of a lot of that, so of course that was my natural bent was to resolve to anger. It was honestly um, a fear mechanism that I had that when I was afraid, I used anger to cover it up. But fast forward a little bit, you know, I got into high school and um, kind of started getting into the party scene. I, I look back and I realized at the time I was living two lives. Um, one of them eventually ended up taking over and I just couldn't stop the partying. I kind of got in with the wrong crowd and I couldn't stop drinking and I couldn't stop doing drugs. Um, I had gotten to a drunk driving accident where I almost lost my life and even that couldn't stop me. You know, it was like I, was, I would try with my own strength to stop and I just couldn't. I was at a point where, you know, I felt just alone. I didn't have good relationships with any of my family members even to the point where you know, negative things were said to me that were spoken over me as far as even them wishing me I was dead. And to, to them, they were just words, but to me, that was something that impacted my life and drove me further away from everything. Drove me to a point of just anger, depression, wanting to just end my life figuring, thinking to myself, if nobody cares, then nobody cares if I take it. I ended up getting into a really bad abusive relationship that I just could not get out of and ended up getting um, thrown out of the house and had no place to go and I really I just hit rock bottom and I remember um, I remember that night and I God really just spoke to my heart and I knew my dad at the time had been going to church he was a Christian and I remember calling him and telling him you know dad I'm, I'm dying on the inside and I remember he spoke these words to me he says you're dying from this world and I said yes I am and I went to church with him that morning and I got saved. He completely healed me of the drugs and the alcohol, and I did a complete 180 by his grace, by his grace, because what I could not do in my own strength, he did in me. My brother had just got out of jail and invited me to church. Going a few weeks into it, God started speaking to me, and I ended up getting saved that day. God gave me a scripture in the book of Acts that believe in you and your household will be saved. Well, the day that me and my brother got saved, I, I started standing on that scripture and I watched every single one of my family members get saved. I was able to lead my dad to the Lord in the hospital before his death. I saw the restoration of God doing things in my life. You know, coming from a time period of just being broken, alone, and just watching God restore all my family members to me, to her, all the offenses, all the burdens, everything that was between all of us, we were able to come together and be a family again. Getting married, we were brand new married, our son came into the picture relatively right <laughs> relatively quickly. At first, it seemed like it was going great, but the, the thing that we made the mistake on is we were trying to do it all in our own strength. I remember going through that time because um, I felt like we had to put on this persona. Like, we act, we're acting like everything was okay, wearing a mask, you know, to be honest with you. At the time, and I know you'll, you'll testify this too, like, we didn't think we were going to make it. Like, we were talking about, hey, what would life be like with us split up? Unfortunately, we had kind of got to that point. We realized that a lot of the a lot of the things that we were going through, a lot of the struggles that we were facing, it wasn't just us that were facing it. A lot of it started spilling over into our son's life. He was starting to be affected by it as well. So that 
really helped solidify the decision that we really needed to, we really needed God back in our home. We needed God back in our lives. Really? We didn't involve him in our, in our daily lives. And we didn't involve him in a lot of our major decisions. And it was affecting us as well as our, our son. So the decision came naturally that we needed, we needed God back. We needed to come back. It was uh, 2020, late 2020, and uh, we just started coming. And I'll never forget, Pastor Chris, at the beginning of the year, was preaching a message. And at the end of his message, he said, you know what? Give us a year. He said, commit to a year to this place and um, watch God change your life. And at the time, you know, we were sitting there and we said, you know, what do we have to lose? Little did we know that God began the healing process the day we came back. Definitely. That God started restoring all of us. And we through that we began to build community and friendships and little did we know that it wasn't going to just impact us but we watched my son and we saw joy return back to him that even now to this day sunday is like his favorite day of the week and our favorite day of the week we weren't really focused on our hey we need to go our marriage needs to be healed no we just started focusing on god really put god back in the center of things and our lives are just not the same they're completely turned around and god has done just an amazing work in our marriage and in our family you know, no matter where you're at, if you're struggling in your marriage, you know, you're not alone. If you're struggling in your relationships, you're not alone. We all go through things. God will give you the abundant life. You just got to give him a chance. No matter what you're going through, God loves you right where you're at. But God's not going to leave you there. God's going to take you further. God's going to restore. God's going to heal. God's there no matter what you're going through. God's not looking at you and judging you. God's looking at you and it's like, I'm going to help you. I'm going to be coming right there alongside for you. Right. Like God's putting you in an environment. This is an environment where you can come and you can be real. He's not looking at us judging us. He's looking at us with compassion and love, regardless of what we've gone through, regardless of what we did. God is always faithful. God is always there. Come on, church. Amen. Come on. And that's one story of so many who choose to listen. Listen, just lean in. Just say yes. Surrender. Stop running. And let God do in you what you are desperately longing to see. It is time to stop running around to all that the world has been offering and all that you've been trying to get life out of only to continue to find that it never actually delivers to you what it's been promising you. Like how long are you going to allow yourself to live with less than everything God has for you? Come on, this year could be different. Just go all in. Well, they're, 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 theirs isn't as bad as ours. Listen, listen. God can meet anybody in any place and bring them life. You just gotta lean in. So, so, some of you, you, you're here today and you grew up in church. You, you know all the verses, you can sing all the songs, but, but you know what? You've got a dead religion because it's, it hasn't become faith for you. You haven't actually trusted in Jesus. You haven't yielded your life to him. And today you're going to. You're going to watch him actually give you what religion never could. There's others of you in here today. You're, you're like the prodigals. Prodigal, you, you, you once were in God's house and you, you've, you've ran. You're out doing your own thing. And, and you're going to find yourself, if you haven't already, just like the prodigal found himself where in the pigsty. And he's looking around going, I don't belong here. Listen, you know it. You don't belong there. Why? Because you're a child of the king and you need to come home, friends. There's others of you. I, I, I came up with this category. It's called the havesies. I think we've got a lot of havesies. God, I'm gonna go in havesies with you. I'll give you half my, have to have my life. 
You need to understand this, friends. He's Lord of all or not at all. Allow him to be Lord of all. Like, like you just need to, it's time for you to go all in. Like, just keep taking some steps forward in your walk with God. Well, what is that for you? Maybe you've given your life to Jesus, but you gotta, like, keep leaning in. Just keep leaning. The more you lean in, the more life you find. The more you lean on him, the more you find that he's lean worthy. And some of you, you've just leaned a little and God's saying, come on, lean all the way in. Keep going, keep going. So some of you have given your life to Jesus. Guess what? You're leaning in. What that looks like for you, faith, it looks like you're gonna get baptized next week. You're gonna follow what he said in the, in, when he said that we are to follow him into the waters of baptism. You're like, okay, okay, I'm, I'm all in. Others of you, you, you need to find community. You've been showing up to church and getting around church, but you haven't allowed yourself to develop community at church. It's time, guys. Lean in, trust him, make some friends. We got these things called crews. And I, I guarantee you, Rudy and Toy tell you, Life was found in the context of relationships. Some of you need it. And there's others of you, you're like, I don't even know what category I'm in, but all I know is that I am far from God and I need him to touch me and help me and heal me and restore me. And friends, all you need to do today is say yes. So if you could. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Citizens Church. It's our prayer that through this message, God would impact and inspire your life. If you have any questions for us or would like to let us know how God is using these messages in your life, please let us know by sending an email to connect at citizenschurch.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online and help in seeing more lives changed through the work here at Citizens Church. Thank you so much for joining us. 